the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, we want to invite your attention to Romans chapter 12. Uh, We'll begin our reading at verse 3. We, in our midst of a series entitled Romans uh, 12, A Call to Serve. The word of the Lord reads, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we need you on this occasion that you might speak clearly into the hearts and lives of your people. Whether here present or whether viewing via live stream or whether listening on the radio, however they may hear this word, I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to them and that you would go beyond the barriers that they have set up, that you would tear down the uh, obstacles that the enemy has put in their way that might hinder them from hearing from you. God, as you speak on this day, I pray that if there's anybody that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that they don't, if they don't have a personal, intimate relationship with you, God, it's my prayer that you would draw them out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. We realize and recognize that the times are getting late, and I'm praying, God, that your children that you're calling upon will not wait or tarry too long, but they, they would rather run in and be safe while they have a chance. Spirit of the Lord, for the those who are already saved and who are drifting in their fellowship, who are straddling the fence in their, in their relationship, I pray, God, that today be the day that they make up their mind to commit themselves to you uh, and to reconcile the relationship and to be drawn back into the faithfulness of service and love and affection towards you. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying that you would speak a word in a way that would meet the needs of your people where they are this morning. And Lord, as I stand to declare your word, I just ask that you would use me as a vessel in your hand and to accomplish your holy and divine will. Lord, you will get the glory and the honor and all the praise for all that is done and all that is said in this place. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name, I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Together, the people of God said, Amen. 
We began this series in Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 1, and spoke to you from the idea, a plea to serve God for his glory. Then we moved from verse 1 to verse 2, and we spoke in our last time together from the idea, be transformed for service. There in verse number 2, the apostle Paul calls upon us not to be conformed to this world, but be rather transformed, and he gives us the recipe and a remedy for that, that it might happen through the renewing of our minds. And then finally, he says to us, be proof that God's will is the good. So we ought to focus our service on doing God's will. Are y'all still here with me? I want to talk this morning in this third part of the series from the subject matter, use your spiritual gifts in serving. Now, first of all, we need to be able to answer the question, who are we serving? And the answer is first, not the pastor. You're not serving me. I have no kingdom. The answer is not, I'm serving the church in the sense of Kettering Baptist Church or whatever local church you belong to. No. The answer is, we're serving the king of eternal life. We're serving the king who possesses an eternal kingdom, a king who came from his kingdom and unwrapped himself and humbled himself to be born into our world and to take on human flesh, a king who uh, lived a, a meager life and satisfied all the requirements of the law and then allowed his creation to crucify him, a king who, after being crucified, laid dormant in a tomb for three days and three nights, a king who on the third day, because all the sin that he took to the grave was yours and mine and not his own, got up with all power in his hand and then ascended back to his throne room in glory. We're serving a king who now sits on the right hand of God, who is even right now in the midst of this message making intercession for you praying for you that you might hear the word of God praying for you that you might not fall asleep in the midst of the message praying for you that your life might be transformed praying for you that you just might get it on today that's who we're serving we're serving the king are y'all still here and so in light of that the apostle Paul says don't think yourself Above others, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I like this because the Apostle Paul says is that before I tell you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, I need you to know that I'm only saying this by grace that was given to me not to think more highly of myself than I ought to. Y'all still here with me? So he, he says to us, but this is all by the grace that is provided to me. And, and he says, you know, um, the request, though, I believe is, is critical for us to get prior to serving the king. This request not to think 
more highly of ourselves than we ought. I think it's critical that we start there before we start using our spiritual gifts. Because when you begin to use supernatural gifts in a natural body, the mind starts to begin to think that somehow I did that myself. We're not always giving God the glory for what we just did. Even in the service of the king, sometimes we, we begin to migrate through the thought process that I'm good. Now, sometimes in reality, it is you and God ain't nowhere in it. But when it's you and God is not in it, there's no change that happens in the people. They shout, they jump up, they fall down, they run around and then they go back and still live like hell. But when it's God, life changes. And so he says, don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought, but think soberly. Put this thing in proper perspective, considering your true condition. And Christians, think of yourselves in the scope and the measure, if I can say it this way, of the faith that God has given. He says that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This is interesting because what literally, and it's interesting he doesn't use the word grace because you would think he would say, you know, according to the grace God has given, but he says according to the faith God has given, because watch this, if, if not for the God-given faith, you would have not even have believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me see if I can walk, this, walk you slow. When, when someone presented the gospel to you, You and I did not have enough faith to believe a story like that. God, through what is called efficacious grace, it is the effective grace that God initiates by the power of the Holy Spirit that allows you to be able to believe that he is who he says he is. And it is because of that grace that you are now in the place that you are as a born again child of God. And Paul says, put that in perspective that even the place you are in the kingdom of God before you even got gifts, that was based on grace God gave you and faith that God allows you to have. Verse 4, for we are, we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What qualifies our differences, what, what identifies our differences is not our color of our skin or our education or our hair texture or our wealth or our speech or any of that thing. What differentiates us one from another is the function that we were given by God to perform. So we are one body, not better and worse parts that are randomly independent of one another, surviving on our own, Existing apart from any divine grace and hand in life of God. No, that's, that's not who we are. We are a body. Now, I've read this passage and preached it many, many times, but this is what dawned on me. It dawned on me that I'm not really sure that we get it. We, we, I'm not really sure that we understand that we are a body, and so if we are a body, then, then there's, no, there's no way I can be better than any other in the body. 
Watch this. I'm going to try to slow down. So, so here's, here's what came to my mind. Because I'm just a car guy, I started thinking about cars. And so I thought about parts, the hubcaps, grill of the car, windshield. and We're not parts of a car. We are the car. So the, the windshield can't say to the frame, I'm better than you. Stay here. The grill can't say to the hubcap, I'm better than you. Because independently, you ain't nothing. But together, you got a car. So we're not all these separate individual parts. But no, we are integrally together a body. And as a body, you know, we can accomplish what God wants us to accomplish in serving him. But it dawned on me that even the body together can't function without dependence on God. Because God assembled the body such as he pleased. And so the body now has the ability to work together fluidly, seamlessly to accomplish great and awesome things. So together, we are not arms and feet and legs and toes and heads and ears and eyes and, and lips. No, together we are the body of Christ. So Paul says, we, we, we're the body, and because we're, we're the body, arranged and gifted according as God has gifted the body. Do you know there's certain things that your feet can do that your hands can't do? And if God has gifted the feet and the knees and the joints to do certain things so that you can walk, so that you can run, so that you can sit down, stand up. I mean, things that you just take for granted every day. And in the body of Christ, because we have different functions, God has gifted you so that together we can perform what should be seamless movement of the power and the presence of God in a dark world. But when the hand says, I ain't working today. When the knee says, I don't want to work with y'all. Y'all get on my nerves. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Then the whole body is now affected and the body can't perform as God designed it. I want you to understand that your gift that God has given you is necessary to the body of Christ. If he shed his blood for you, if he adopted you into this body, he did it for a purpose. He didn't do it for you to be a bystander or bench warmer. No, he did it so that you can serve the body. Every part of the body is necessary. Every part is essential. And so we can't really look at each other and be gauging and talking about, I'm better than you, you better. No, I need you so that we can accomplish God's will. And then finally, he says, use your gifts to serve others. It's in verse 6. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them 
You got these gifts. These gifts were given by grace. You didn't earn them. You didn't deserve them. God bestowed them upon you. You didn't ask for them. But yet, you have them, and you're part of the body. And so Paul says, now use your gifts. The gifts that we have are given for the benefit of all. So Paul says, use your gifts. Because guess what? The body needs your gifts. The body needs what God has given you so that it can function well. Use your gifts because the kingdom of God needs your gift. It needs you to work so that we can build this kingdom for God's name's sake. Use your gifts. Watch this. Because even the unsaved world needs the gifts that you have in order that they might see and feel and touch a living Savior. And they might know that he is real and he wants to dwell inside of them. You need to use your gifts. Not just for the benefit of the saved, but also for the benefit of the unsaved world. The the, the gifts that we have are to help us to, to lift up and, and show forth the glory of God who is the hope of glory in us. And so the unsaved world will see and, 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 and know that God is in you by the way you use your gifts. So he says, use your gifts. So he says, now, if prophecy, which is inspired utterances, it's, it's, not, it's not fortune telling like, you know, palm reading or nothing like that. No, this is the, to speak the oracle of God. If, if that's the gift that you have, um, then use your gift in the proportion of the faith that you have. Um, there's a level of faith that's necessary and that's given to each of us to declare the, the very truths of God. Lord, help me here. Um, there's certain things that I can say uh, because of the faith level that God has given me that you might not be able to say. Lord, help me, God. But whatever the level of faith you have, he says, use your gift of prophecy in the, in the level that you have. In other words, don't try to be like somebody you're not. Use what you got. So in the level of faith, he says, that, that we can do. He says in ministering, which is serving, or if, if, I, if I could break it down to the simplest form, ministry is work. Administration, that kind of thing. He says, then, then do that. If it's teaching, then, and, which is edifying people, then teach. I mean, I know, Pastor Williams, I know we got some teachers sitting in the house. And other teachers sitting at home that have not notified you yet to say, I'm, I want to teach DTM classes. They're sitting on their gifts. They're talented. They're gifted to be able to share with people, but they're not using the gift in the body. Well, the body is suffering because you're not using what God has given you. Exhortation. That's to console people, to encourage people. Listen, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here just in the church that need encouragement. And I can't get to them all. I can't be the one that calls everybody and says it's going to be all right. If giving is your gift, do it generously. But there are some people who are gifted with a supernatural gift to give. They're always giving. It's their gift. And, and they don't think about it the way the average miser does. In other words, they're, they're, not, they're not doing all of the, the calculations and, well, like I keep my account at a certain amount. You can't give do that. They're not thinking about that. What this person has come to understand that you can't outgive God. This person has come to the place where they realize that giving is a blessing. And it's, it's indeed not just a colloquialism that is more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
Because the more you give, he'll give it back to you. Press down, shaking together, and running over. He'll pour it back into your bosom. You, so this, this person has, has this is a, they've been gifted to be givers. And so he says, if, you, if that's your gift, give liberally, generously. If leading is your gift, lead. That's your skill of leadership. Lead and do it with diligence. Listen, I know leaders, it's not easy being a leader. It's not. Because everybody doesn't want to follow. Amen. But leadership, as God may gift you with leadership, don't give up because of the difficult folks. And watch this. For some, you may not have been born with that, but God has gifted you with it since and God keeps opening doors to put you in the position to lead and you keep saying I ain't no leader no you ain't no leader but God has gifted you with leadership and so take it and run with it for the kingdom of God's sake use your gift is what he's saying and if your gift is showing mercy if your gift is compassion then be compassionate and do it with cheerfulness as difficult as that may be do it cheerfully at the end of the day what the apostle Paul is calling us to is to use our gifts in serving when we watch this when we have the right mindset about ourselves and understand that we are connected there is a interdependence that we have on one another in order to accomplish this whole service that we've been called to then we can function in our giftedness so that we can serve one another but also ultimately serve the kingdom of God's purpose so Paul says to us come together as a body and serve Based on all that God has done, he rescued you, he delivered you, he saved you, he anointed you, appointed you, he set you apart, he brought you near, he adopted you, he gave you his name, he promised you and guaranteed you everlasting and eternal life, he saved and rescued you from the destruction that is yet to come, and all that God has done, by the mercies of God, this service is just reasonable. Come together as a body and serve. Now, Katerin, I'm going to close with this. The forces of evil are still pushing and prevailing. You're listening to it on the news. Every day there's something new. And, and, and literally, I know I'm not the only one that has declared that people have lost their minds. Watch this. But it's easy for that to happen when there's no power and presence of the army of God standing against evil advancing. When the army of God has sat down and said, you know what? I'll just let the other folks take a hand of that. Then there's gaps in our defense. It's like this part of the body trying to handle the whole warfare by itself without the other legs and arms and feet and hands. We're, 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 we're going we're gonna to be pushed back and we're going to be defeated. 
and evil is going to continue to prevail until the kingdom of God comes together and uses what we've been empowered and gifted to do to stand against the attacks and the wiles of the devil. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.